I'm sorry, out of curiosity, with somebody who has an intelligence of five, exactly what do you say? You're a poopy head. I'm about to say, I really want to hear this. Your feet smell worse than you. Does it get any save on that one? You're not feeling like you're getting hit points anymore, and you might be afraid. Forty-seven. Okay. On this no, very I'm going to do it because we're the only ones that will. Glitter dispersion is just a natural consequence of being a unicorn. Yep. <laughs> okay, what are you going to do? Uh, not throw up and waylay into this thing. Okay. Chapter 215, Trouble in the Mountains, yet again. Okay. So, um, interesting times here. So, the last episode, we were with the other characters, our regular characters. And has anybody here ever thought it was um, unrealistic that a bard could inflict damage with just words alone? No. Not, not with magic. Yeah. No. I was going to say not with Matt at the table because we get pun damage all the time. Yes. Well, I, I, I think after the last episode, I think um, we're all believers because uh, I, oh, I was yeah. definitely seeing a D10 of psychic damage yeah. going around the table rapidly. Like I said. Yes. Well, and then Jesse here just stepped into the last pile knowingly. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We're like, don't do it. Don't ask the name. Why? I... You did it anyway. <laughs> Everyone needs a straight man. I think it would have... Uh haunted me if i didn't though yeah. <laughs> it haunted all of us that you did that's a problem yes anyways so you had uh, met the uh, gnome occupant of the gnome home and it turned out to be a uh, adventure that had come to the gnome home with a group of gnomes trying to reclaim it sort of a la the mines of moria and uh, they found that uh, all sorts of uh, little treasures were to be had, except they went through the little cleft in the wall that led to apparently a dragon's lair who then flamed a lot of them. You know, I have one more for you. So what you're saying is we stumbled across Gnome Alone? Yes. We did have a bunch of uh, traps there. Can I roll for damage on that one? That yes. would hurt. I take 10. Yes. And, and actually, what was interesting about that gnome? He, she? She. She was half mechanical drider. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, or rather, she had created a mechanical conveyance, and basically in the shape of a spider or crab or something. It had eight legs at the very least. Um, apparently, she had been badly, badly maimed by the dragon breath, but had been able to crawl using her arms back to the gnome home and was able to then create a conveyance for her and actually as you saw created a nice little habitat for herself so she had an entire ecosystem built for herself using algae tanks for food and had created an entire support system so that she lived quite normally despite the fact that she had no use of her arms and legs anymore and uh, then of course much to your chagrin she had found that uh, trying to make the algae more palatable. She was able to create it into various shapes that had interesting additional characteristics, but were also a D10 of pun damage <laughs> for each one. It hurt a lot. Yes. 
so anyways um but that's all in the past um now we deal with the present as in like yesterday and today and we are no longer with the main group we are back with the dragonborn a group we haven't seen in quite some time uh, the last time we saw these characters, you had all repelled the uh, Dragonborn Revolt uh, against the Gnome Mine, and or no. not, excuse me, the Dwarven Mine. Yes, you'd repelled the uh, Revolt against the Dwarven Mine, and then uh, you, of course, had all been involved in the Great War with Escobarium Calice, and uh, thankfully all survived it, and uh, now you're back up into the mountains. The uh, Dragonborn have retreated back to their Winter Vale, the one about halfway down the mountainside. And uh, it is uh, what you would expect at this time of year. There's a pretty good dusting of snow on the ground. Not a whole lot. The uh, veil is somewhat protected. So uh, it's not completely protected. It's not like it's green and, and uh, sunny there. It's still got a, a dusting of snow on the ground. But higher in the mountains, the snow has already begun to bury the peaks. And uh, you would expect the uh, summer home that you had enjoyed, the summer veil, is probably a good foot deep in snow at this point in time. Anyway, so let's go around the room and reacquaint everybody with our characters here. And in addition to your character and their appearance and their class and all that stuff, also tell us one interesting thing that happened to you in the war with Excolbarium Calice. So who would like to go first? Ow. Oh, Bryce. Bryce wants to go first. Is that Dragonborn for me? <laughs> so, so, uh, so, Bryce, why don't you tell us what about your character and what happened to you in the war? So, Rogar is a brass Dragonborn barbarian. Hits things. Gets hit. Gets hit a lot because his armor class isn't that great. Um, During the war, he was part of the uh, second line charging in against the uh, flank of the Excolarium Coley's army. And uh, managed to fight his way through to fight or to help bury the dead at the end. Very good. Um, and uh, what kind of weapons armor does uh, Rogar carry again? He has a halberd and just his natural barbarian Toughness. getting hit a lot. Ness. He's got his uh, loincloth of protection there. Oh, he does have a plus one ring of protection. Ah, good. Though, yeah. so. Very good. And then, um, Heskin, why don't you tell us about uh, your character there, Drew, and uh, what happened to you in the war? Uh, Heskin is a blue dragonborn, um, similar to the bronze dragonborn, so you have the ability to uh, summon lightning as a breath weapon. He's always been sort of a laid-back sort of dragonborn. He doesn't feel the rage that many of his brethren does, but he does have a... Uh, borderline OCD obsession with learning how to better use bladed weapons and has spent most of his time learning to do that rather than trying to harness that innate dragon rage that resides within most of the nation. Um, but like I said, other than that, he is pretty close to bone deep lazy. Um, when the call came to go to war, he followed his uh, clan down as he felt was his, was his duty, but uh, was more happy to be on the fifth or sixth wave than the first or second, but still found himself up in the fount. Uh, protecting Nadar, his uh, clanmate. And in doing so, he uh, ended up going into a fight with a, another creature that was covered in spores that was remarkably difficult to take down. Um, if it wasn't for a uh, well-timed heal from Nadar, Heskin might have lost his life. Instead, he took the head and life of the creature he fought 
um, after the battle, he spent a lot of time thinking about how good he thought he was versus how good he really was. So he kept the armor from the large creature to make himself a little tougher and decided to double down on just how seriously he took his clan's lives, his own life, and his responsibility. So since then, he's been spending more and more time not only with his blades but with his clanmates to try to take more responsibility. The The battle sort of woke him up to the reality of what life really is, not what he thought it was. Yeah, so it was a real wake-up call for him. Yes. And, and yeah, we should point out that we've leveled everybody up to level 7. So, um, Bryce, did uh, Rogar get any, uh, any new abilities? Yeah. Um, he got an additional daily rage. He can no longer be charmed or frightened while he is raging, and starting a rage um, removes the effects but not the condition for being charmed mm -hmm. and frightened. So if he comes out of a rage, he gets re-charmed and frightened. And finally, um, he gains advantage on initiative, and if I'm surprised, I can rage to negate the surprise for myself. Okay. And how about uh, Heskin? What did Heskin get at seven? Well, Heskin is a straight fighter. Um, he, spending the extra time after the battle, he uh, figured out how to do a few more maneuvers um, and how to do them more quickly and more often, i.e. I gained another superior die and I picked up two more uh, uh, Battlemaster maneuvers. He, uh, I said, rededicated himself to learning to use his weapons better so much, although that at level six for a fighter, I got another feat, so I picked a dual wielder. So he now is a little bit quicker. He uh, makes it a little harder to hit him, and he's a little faster with stowing his weapons. And more importantly, he took the time to really develop the muscles in his offhand so that he can now use pretty much any weapon that's not a two-handed in either hand. Nice. Very good. And uh, then, um, Owen, why don't you tell us about Nadar, uh, what he got at level 7, and what happened to him in the war? Yes. So Nadar is also a blue dragonborn. He wears hide armor, and he's a druid. He uh, carries a quarterstaff and a scimitar, um, but he is part of the Circle of the Shepherd, which is mostly based off of totems and other uh, summoning spirits and that kind of thing. Um, in the war, he was mostly a field medic, healing those who needed help, um, and also giving buffs to his uh, the people around him with his totems and the animals that he was able to summon. Because he was uh, able to uh, summon those creatures and really was able to connect with his totems, he gained the Mighty Summoner ability through the Circle of the Shepherd, which gives those creatures that he summons a uh, buff to their uh, attacks and AC. No nope. nice. hit points. And he's able to wild shape one more time uh, one more time per day. Very good. Um, that's fantastic. And then um, let's go over to uh, Kravash um, and Matt. What did Kravash get at level seven? Introduce him and, and what happened to him in the war? So Kravash is a green dragonborn bard. Um, he's not very quick. He's not very smart, he's not very wise, um, but he's incredibly charming. So he is known for coming up with the worst battle plans ever and convincing others to, to do them. Um, 
At seventh level, uh, what did he get? Uh, the ability to do counter charm. So, uh, with a specific beat on his war drum that he keeps to his side, uh, he can remove the effects of charm or fear. Uh, of course, some new spells. Um, so, during the war, as one might expect, um, saw the mass, the, the biggest mass of, of ickies that he could find and, and convinced people to follow him right into it. But playing, uh, playing specific beats on his drum, he was able to inspire others to slay mightily or even ward off attacks. Um, much to his chagrin, the bardic magic that he mostly has didn't work so well on the undead, but as he encountered the last creature and took a swipe with his glaive, it was teetering, and he polymorphed it into a bug, <laughs> and then cast that bug into the fire as 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 the dead were being burned. Uh, a few scars, and, and I'm sure his friends were all too happy to uh, assist him in that heroic foray. No doubt, yeah. Very good. And Jesse, why don't you tell us about Sora, her level seven, and what happened to her in the war? All right. So I have Sora here, who is a silver dragonborn ranger, um, the hunter archetype. So she's got uh, things like horde breaking, and now she, at seventh level, has the ability to uh, defend against multiple attacks from a particular enemy. So AC goes up if she's hit a second time by uh, the same creature. Um, she is pretty across the board, a little bit above average for every stat. Um, I have leveled up since and taken an additional favorite enemy of undead. Uh, yeah, so she, using her uh, ranger abilities, uh, now knows more about the uh, rising enemy of uh, Aloal's army and so is better equipped to fight against his hordes yeah was she mainly uh standing back and arching and and uh, a little bit of both she's, uh, she's she's a two-weapon fighter mm -hmm. as well as a traditional ranger with a bow so so a little bit of both so probably a lot of legolas stuff where yeah. you know she's shoot shoot shooting and all of a sudden both the swords come out yeah and, and uh now with she's, the axes actually yeah, axes yeah and now it's 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 hand hand and it's on yes very good. Well, obviously, uh, that was both a low point and a high point for the Dragonborn Nation. Uh, a lot of your friends and uh, a lot of the people you knew ended up perishing in that, uh, but not as many as there could have been, uh, certainly not compared to the complete route that you put the uh, Lowlanders to. And because of that, obviously, um, the Dragonborn have seen a huge burst in morale. Uh, they're, uh, you know, feel rather that they're back to the uh, high point that they were when they used to terrorize the lowlands. And uh, after returning to the Winter Vale, um, the privations that they've had to go through, the fact that, you know, the, the maize crop was pretty darn dismal. And so they've been relying on the wheat crop that's been trucked in from uh, down below in the, in the lowlands. And, and, Honestly, to begin with, that almost seemed like a punishment to all of you because here it is, this lowland food. And, uh, you know, even though Creval, you know, basically brought it to you and, and said it was good, there was an awful lot of uh, resistance, even amongst the people that supported 
ruling council and all that, they uh, still, you know, this was a, a strange foreign food, but, uh, you know, now it seems like it's more palatable than it was before. Um, generally, there's a, a, a massive bit of optimism. Um, and uh, an interesting thing has happened, and actually, Sora, this is a little alarming to you. Um, you keep hearing whispers of people saying, um, you know, why is Kroval not the leader? He has brought the uh, dragonborn nation back to its heights. You know, why, why, why do we have a council when all we need is just one powerful leader? And uh, you, you, in fact, have all heard that particular uh, rumor go or whisper going around. Um, and uh, it's uh, been more or less alarming to depending how traditional you are. Anyway, um, so you guys are all um, in the Winter Vale. Well, you're not actually in the Winter Vale. Uh, you are out of the Winter Vale because even though you do have the wheat supplies to sustain you and so forth, um, you know, you still need to have a little bit of meat in your diet uh, as much as you can. And things have improved a little bit uh, lately. Um, there was a problem with the overhunting for the furs and the general uh, depression that the fogs had uh, created that were people, things were starving. Uh, but things have gotten a little bit better, but they still uh, depend on hunting bands like yourself to go out and collar in a little bit of game from now and again. And if you know if you can bring in one or two stags or a yeti or some other thing like that, um, that will set the whole camp uh, in good stead for another day. And so about once a week, your group goes out just to see what they can can find out there. And uh, that's where you are now. We're on a hunt. Yes. So you are out looking for game at this point in time, and you have uh, transitioned higher than you normally would. Um, normally, you would just go out and uh, go a half a day's travel from the site at the most, but just because game has become so scarce, most of the hunting parties are usually an overnight affair at this point. Uh, you go uh, out and up as far as you can and usually come back the next day with whatever you have. And that's where uh, we found you. You you found uh, not a lot going on on this particular hunt. Um, you guys were able to get a couple of small items. Uh, you, you got a wild boar that had uh, apparently not moved south far enough. And, and uh, it was still rooting around in the snow looking for anything it could find to eat. Um, and you left that hanging in a tree for your return. Uh, but that's about it. It's not been uh, it's not been a real good hunt so far. Um, not certainly not by the standards that you guys even the depressed standards that you've had before. And you find yourself working higher and higher, um, almost uh, halfway back up to the the summer vale, and uh, that's where we are now. So looking for food. Yes. Um, one of my favorite enemies is indeed beasts, mm -hmm. as I am a perhaps primary hunter of our clan. So, yes, explain um, why you are here. Yes, I would like to uh, do my best to look around. I'd like to help her to give her advantage on the roll. I already have advantage on the um, roll. Then I will not do anything. <laughs> I could do it myself, jeez. It's a very powerful magical <laughs> ranger. Mm -hmm. So I have locate animal or plant. Very good. So uh, why don't you give me, uh, or actually if you want to, to uh, cast that particular spell there, 
um, Nadar, you can point everybody in the right direction, and then it's up to Sora to, to track it down. So I just rolled. Do you want me to roll after he does? Oh, no. Okay. Why don't you keep that roll? Okay. Nice try. <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty good roll. I just wanted to be fair with it. Yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll um, cast a spell so we know what it is in a five-mile radius uh, that some one of the animals that we're looking for is there. Okay. And then I would. Do you have to specify what particular animal it is? Um, I believe so. Okay. And what what animal are you looking for? Let me triple check. Why don't I just keep it open? Um, describe or name a specific kind of beast or plant. What kind of beast would we be looking for? Well, certainly, if you nail any of the highland stags that are around here, that would. Uh... You know, if you were able to nail one or two of those, you would be able to uh, take that back and your day would be done. You would get um, more than your share. It says, in the direction and distance to the closest creature or plant of that kind within five miles. Okay. Okay. Um, would we be able to stack? Because since we're in the mountains, um, and that is a favored terrain for me, I have the ability to know um, whether... Oh. Everything but beasts. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I haven't looked at this character since the last time we played with these characters, yes. so my bad. Could be a little rusty here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, Nadar uh, sits down and um, starts casting a spell, and you just see him kind of uh, gazing out, and he uh, points forward and says basically that there's a stag a thousand yards in that direction. Okay, so what uh, what exactly are you going to do, Sora? You, you, we'll need a survival roll to, to track it down. Yes, so my survival roll for that was a 19. Does that enable me to yes. so, track um, it pretty well? Yeah, you, you're, you're shuffling through the snow and you actually do come across the uh, tracks of a very large stag. And it's headed basically up the hill, but not at any great paces. Obviously, there's it's been rooting around looking for the last couple of shoots uh, that have come up through the snow before perhaps it starts heading further down the hill. Okay, and I, I can't see it. I'm just seeing the tracks. Yep, but you do know it's it's um, within minutes ahead of you. Okay. Um. Um. I also have another question mm -hmm. because I unintentionally made this character very good for hunting. Oh, good. Um. <laughs> So it makes sense. I, uh, I can use my spirit totem and make this a uh, unicorn spirit. And it gives me and my allies advantage on all ability checks made to detect creatures within the spirit's aura. So we're just going to have a unicorn following us around for the next, um, I guess it's just minute, but yeah, it's not a flump, but that's still pretty cool. So wh whenever we get close enough to an animal, I can, um, summon a unicorn to make us better. Just want to step better, outside better the game. Better at what? At everything. Skill related. Yes. Um, or I can make a hawk, and that'll get, give us better perception checks. Or a bear, perhaps. And but that will give us bear. temporary hit points and strength. And then we eat the bear. And then we eat the bear, yeah. No, it's, a, it's <laughs> the spirit. It doesn't do that. If you do do the unicorn, I'd appreciate it being on top of my character again. Oh, come on, um, that was this hilarious. Is, this is, like, super important that we get this stag, right? Like, we're pretty much running out of meat. Well, not running out of meat, but you do need to supplement it. So this is just okay. kind of the regular grocery run at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, like, how intensely do I want to try to get this stag? Oh, I should 
I should drum up a hymn that will boil the blood and allow yeah. you to hunt this stag all the better. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever we get close enough to a beast, I can just uh, make the hawk spirit because it gives us advantage on attack rolls and advantage with perception checks. Okay. And also, if we need it, I have this. I prepared today the snare spell so I can create a magical uh, tra uh, like rope trap. Awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. So this this. Um... Yeah, sorry. I'm like still reading the ranger thing and just talking out loud. Yes, let us let us get this stag. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. So give me a stealth roll by the uh, everyone in the party as you creep forward, um, knowing the stag is just somewhere ahead of you in the uh, in the tree line. Dirty twenty. And this is with um, advantage because of the unicorn. Uh, he didn't do the unicorn. He, he didn't do saying, the unicorn. He's saying he could do it. Oh, okay. So I have to. I have to roll percentile. Would you roll a percentile? You have to. And roll if a I get a thirty or less, I got fifty-seven. And, okay. Remind 47. me why we took Kravash okay. with us. <laughs> On this no, very. No, I'm going to do it because we're so, the only ones that will. No, so what? So what I'm doing is because I get so excited that if you had rolled a thirty, I would start doing the battle drum. But I, I'm I know restraint. Sorry that I didn't roll a thirty. I know restraint, it's okay. so my stealth is 13. I'm going to do the battle drum. I got a five. Okay. <laughs> he, he tripped over the only rock in that plane. Okay. Yeah. His head hits the drum. Boom. <laughs> so. Okay, so you, you guys are creeping forward, and you get just to the edge of the tree line. And you know how, like, when the snow kind of piles up, there's, like, a hole under it? And this one is formed by a bunch of uh, downed pine branches. Mm -hmm. And just as you get up there, you've you've got uh, Rogar and Nadar just kind of standing right next to each other. And they take one step forward and just crunch. Down it goes. And um, you, you see the stag, Sora, just go, mm -hmm, and just the head pops up and looks at you. So you've got a chance to make a really quick snapshot okay. uh, with your bow if to see if you can... Uh, can uh, nail it there. I don't trust that guy. You can do it. Okay. <laughs> I hope you don't use it. Uh, 15? Okay. And you just see Sora just immediately pop her bow up and twang, off it goes, and you just see it just kathunk right into the brisket of the of the stag. And how much damage did you do? Eight points. Okay. And actually, everybody roll for me survival again. Survival? Mm-hmm. Uh, 24? Eight. 22. Zero. Not one. <laughs> Are you sure the character is optimized for hunting, Owen? <laughs> you got one. Uh, yeah, I okay. got zero. He's so got, um, He's got snow in his eyes. So, yeah. So, uh, Heskin and Nadar and Kravesh are, are either just too interested in, in uh, Nadar, you know, thrashing about in the snow or uh, just distracted by it all. But Rogar and Sora, you notice the hooves of the stag dig in. And so you know you got him good, mortally. Um, it's right in the brisket, and you know pretty much all you're going to have to do is just follow it forward, and you're going to end up uh, you know, following that blood trail, and you'll end up with a stag in, in the bag. Stag okay. in the bag. Yeah, so everybody roll for me. St survival again, this time with advantage as you're following the blood trail through the snow. Or if you want to, you can just default to Sora and, really? and let her do it. 13. 
13 also. 18. Kind of a bummer. I got 22. F- I got 14 on double nines. Okay. So actually, you all do pretty darn well, um, but uh, um, a couple of you really nail it there with, uh, I guess, what, Nadar and Kravash, you, you actually nail this one. You, you can... You, in the couple of places where maybe the blood splatters didn't uh, didn't stick and maybe got caught on bushes, you find them there. And you uh, move forward, move forward, move forward, and you get to the edge of the tree line. And this is actually a fairly treacherous part of the uh, terrain here. You know that just, just a, a little downhill from the winter home that... Uh, there's a lot of hills and hummocks and, and little defiles and valleys. And so when it snows over, you end up with basically these little clefts that you can fall into and, and actually hurt yourself pretty good. Um, hunters have been known to have, you know, get themselves trapped and then and die, freeze to death. Um, and right on the edge of that, the stag basically got about four or five steps forward and you see it crumpled upon the ground. And it's just, you can see the, the, um, blowing steam from its nostrils uh but clearly it has uh spent its last energy and uh, it's just uh it is going to pass here very quickly good shot thank you <laughs> i walk up to it and i will sing the the song of thanks do you want help skinning it yeah um and can i put it out of its misery too yes that would yeah. probably be the best thing to do yeah, yeah. So you'll you just uh, quickly quickly dispatch it there with your with your uh, blade, and um, actually you probably wouldn't skin it until you got it all the way back to uh, to home. You just would yeah. need to. How far away is home from here? Though? It's going to be a whole day's march, um, but you, you probably want to get a truss pole together and just carry it down the hill. And uh, that between that and the boar that you've already got stashed, that's a a pretty good hunting trip. So you you guys did a, a pretty good job. Um, but actually, if you could all circle your minis up there on the far side as if you're circled around the uh the stag there okay and you guys are uh, all kind of congratulating yourselves and, and giving yourselves a clap on the back and uh, uh once again feeling pretty optimistic about life because this uh, despite it being a kind of a, a tough tough trail to go on uh you did come down with a pretty good haul in the end and that's when you hear a deep bass booming voice. And on the far side over here, it goes into a gentle rise. And you just hear a deep voice saying, Oh, goody. Food. Bring them all to me, my pets. And you look over and just peeking over the top of the rise is the eyeballs and nose of the great white dragon that sits in the high peaks nearby. Um, And this is a little puzzling to you because relationship with the dragon has been kind of fraught because it it is a dragon and uh, it does like treasure and food and all those gluttonous things. But at the same time, you are dragonborn. So there's always been kind of a mutual respect there. But that mutual respect has kind of had its limits. And you secretly suspect that some of the hunters that have gone missing over the years have strayed too close to the White's cavern and uh, have been picked off as, as easy snacks by the, by the White Dragon. Um, however, what happens next is completely unprecedented because all of a sudden, over the top of the rise, come five humanoid figures. 
And to make matters worse, these are clearly not living creatures. And the white dragon is commanding them? Let's say my pets. Don't think it was talking to us. I actually thought it was talking to us when the first <laughs> like, I was like, really? Yeah, um, in fact, yeah. Uh, it does seem like the white dragon is commanding these. And so they start marching forward at you, um, shuffling down the hill. Um, although really only a couple of them are shuffling. Um, the ones on the very ends seem to be very much in command of their bodies. Uh, the ones uh, next into the center um, are much more kind of bestial. They're kind of hunched over and they're kind of shuffling forward. You can see their hands are uh, elongated and end up in pointed fingers. Uh, the ones on the ends are clad in, in tatters of armor and have, uh, have weapons at their sides, uh, bows and swords. And then the one right in the middle is just clutching a staff and it just looks like a gaunt skeletal creature. Um, so it seems to be more... Uh, less armed, but more in control like the ones on the ends are. And let's all roll initiative. I don't want to. Well, too bad. <laughs> okay, so Rogar. Ten. Ooh. Even with the... Uh, Rolled a three and an eight. Wow. Hopefully you're getting all these bad rolls out of the way. <laughs> and Heskin? Twelve. Okay. And Nadar? Sixteen. Okay. And Kravash? Fifteen. And Sora. 23. Very good. So, so someone's got to carry that ranger banner. <laughs> um, question. Mm-hmm. The, the only two that are adjacent to each other is the one in the middle and then the one directly to the right yeah, of it? Yeah, so purple and white. And, and we'll call these, awesome. um, starting at the far side, um, staff, purple, white, gray, and black. So... Sora, you get to start us out, and um, so on the mat here, you can see that there are large, wide open areas, and those are those clefts. Mm -hmm. um, there's just kind of a collection of them right here, and so uh, falling down to one of those, you would have to climb out, and hopefully you would uh, not take too much damage in the, in the fall. Uh, so you need to work your way around those, as, as will okay. your opponents. So I am going to cast two spells. Uh, since we are so very far away. Um, I'm going to cast Spike Growth mm -hmm. right here. So then we only have one sort of flank to worry about. Okay. And how, um, how far does Spike Growth go? That is uh, go? a 20-foot radius. Okay. So it should Would cover that whole block. Out four from there. Right. Um, and then I'm also going to cast Ensnaring Strike so that on as a bonus action. So mm -hmm. then on my next turn, I will be able to shoot one and also entangle it in vines. Is that a cantrip? Uh, oh, oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. I should know that. I'm just doing spike growth. Okay. <laughs> I was impressed. I'm just saying. Yeah. Thank you. Do we want to fight? Or can, sorry, can we run away with our... Food and stuff. You can't run away with your food, no. I mean, you yeah. can just up and run away, but that stag, like I said, you're going to need to get a, uh, a truss pole and probably two of you on either side of the pole carrying it. I mean, it's it's the, the stags here are huge. We can take them. So that's it. Spike okay, growth. That is all. Very good. And Nadar, um, you've got a whole bunch of baddies that have come over the crest of the hill at you. Yeah. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, that's too bad. Okay. So, 
Yeah. I'm going to cast Tidal Wave. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, what now? That was so casual like, <laughs> the way you said that. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to cast Tidal Wave. Tidal Wave, yeah. Okay. Um, so this is going to be able to target all of them except for staff. Okay. So you get the mass in the middle there? Yeah. Um, Please do tell us what Tidal Wave does. Yes. So uh, you conjure up a wave of water that crashes down on an area within range. That area can be up to 30 feet long, 10 feet wide, and 10 feet tall. Each creature in that area must make a dex save. On a failed save, they take 48 bludgeoning damage and is knocked prone. On a successful save, they take half as much and are not. Water then spreads out across the ground in all directions, extinguishing unprotected flames in this area within 30 feet of it and then vanishes. Okay. The water vanishes? Interesting. Yes. Will it melt the snow? Um, I'm sure I would the think snow it will just not be in great shape afterwards, but uh, yeah, it's not going to melt it. Okay, so, um, so not staff, but the other four. So uh, purple gets a nineteen, and then an eleven for uh, white, a eight for excuse me, a nine for. Uh, gray and a 18 for black so i'm gonna okay, assume so that purple, white, white and gray take it white fall. and gray fail and purple and black succeed so per, uh, white and gray are knocked prone and take 11 points of bludgeoning damage 11 points okay yes and then the other ones take five okay good and anything else? Oh, that's it for my turn. Okay. And then Kravash, you get to go. So I chant and I beat a mighty inspirational hymn on the drum. You're filled with just purpose and bravery. And I touch each and every one of you and imbue you with heroism. I like to imagine that Kravash's version of like delicately touching as a bard for the spell is just like really obnoxiously poking you. Yeah. Or probably like just a punch in <laughs> yeah. the face. I, I thought he would just whack you with his drumstick. Yeah, take bang, the drumstick. Bang, bang, so like, he's like, I thought it was going to be like, bum, 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 bum. So bum, what bonk, this means, yeah. bum, bum, so, and then I'm sitting there focused on this music. But um, what that means uh, for up to a minute. Each of you will gain four temporary hit points at the beginning of your turn. Nice. And you're immune to being frightened. Every round we gain four temporary yes. hit points? Yes. Okay. So I lose concentration or a minute ends. That is cool. Neat. So is there a cap for the temporary hit points? Like, is there mm -hmm. a maximum? You gain temporary hit points equal to my bonus at the start of each of your and turns. they reset oh. each time. Okay. So you always end so up. So I can't stack. Have I can have yeah. up to four. Okay. It doesn't say reset. It just says and gain. That's how temporary hit points. No, that's work. how temporary hit points yeah. work. If you know, if you get temporary hit points when you have temporary hit points, you your total is the new temporary hit points. Well, each turn then you get four oh, hit points. Okay. Yeah. Not quite as awesome, but so it's well, it's going to take work. four hit points off of the damage you receive mm -hmm. every turn. So yeah, that's okay. pretty that's awesome. Nice. That's yeah. pretty good. So if someone badly pokes boom, you with boom, a dagger, boom, you won't take any damage at all. Okay. And, um, and next, ah, like, oh, go get him. And next up is Purple, who is going to go around the outside and go 60 feet. 
And I do want to point out that for spike growth, uh, unless they perceive that there is spike growth there, they don't know that there is spike growth there. It's camouflaged. Okay. So they don't go, oh, look, that's super spiky. I shouldn't walk that direction. Yeah, so they'll probably go charging right through it, the ones that are right. there. Right, yeah. Now, could he go not quite so far over and get closer? I mean, maybe just a little bit, but... Was that a dash? Yes. That's that is literally as close as he could get with sixty. Yeah, yeah. kind of, kind of more of a lope than a dash, but yeah. Okay, very good. And then Heskin, you got purple head in your direction. Everybody else is either on the ground or hasn't uh, moved yet. Feeling heroic, I will now engage purple. Okay, and when you get to there, of course, <laughs> as you are approaching, you realize that this is a dead and rotting body. Um, it looks absolutely disgusting. But it isn't until you're right up next to it that the full stench of it hits you. And yeah, you guys are very attuned to the smell of dead things because obviously that's something you need to know when you're, when you're hunting. But yeah, this thing hits you just in the, in the nostrils as you get there. So I need a constitution saving throw. 22. Okay, good. So yeah, it's disgusting, but you are able to um, put yourself clear of it. And uh, then you're also going to be immune to the, the stench of it. Uh, you're able to kind of turn turn a blind nostril to it. Okay, what are you going to do? Uh, not throw up and waylay into this thing. Okay. Uh, that'll be a 16. Okay, and the 16 does indeed hit. Okay, I'd like to expand a superiority die. Mm-hmm. And to do the trip attack. So I get to add that to the damage. Get to sweep the leg. Yep. So it's a strength saving throw. DC 16. Okay. And then... And it gets a 14, so not quite good enough. So 16 points of slashing damage from the Ouch. battle axe. And now that he's prone, do I get advantage of these next attacks? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So I will take another swing at him. Now that he's on the ground. Uh, 26. Definitely. For 10 points of damage. Ouch, yeah. So you cleave him pretty good. And then a bonus action attack. 24. Yep. Boo. Minimum damage. Six points of damage. Okay, but that is enough to hack it into bits. Dang. So you just see him Cuisinart, that uh, undead creature coming out there. And uh, down it goes. Awesome. And that's my turn. Very good. And then white gets to go. And it was not at all happy at what just happened. So it uh, pops back up to its feet. That's, yep, right there. Mm -hmm. And, geez, which one of you does it really dislike? It probably doesn't notice that the spike growth happened. It did just see someone Cuisinart its friend. And then there's uh, the tidal wave from the druid. So It can make a perception check to see if yeah. it can tell there's spike growth there. And so it's probably going to go and lance a bunch of beams of fire at the druid for for uh, uh, swamping it and so it's four attacks on you so the first one's a 23 to hit you uh Nadar. Yeah. <laughs> okay and so that one's for eight points of damage and the next one is 22 to hit you. Oh, that's yeah. even better. That's 11 points of damage. 
And then the next one is a 20 to hit you. And once again for um, 11 points of damage. And the next one's a nat one, so it just goes flying off into space. So what are you at now? Nine. Okay, oh. so he uh, he pounded you pretty good. I good thing you missed with that last one. Nope, I'm at 19. Haha, -ha, I uh, can't do math. Okay, so a little bit better. Very good. And yeah, it's going to stay right there. And then next up is Gray, who will pop back up to its feet. And it uh, so it can do a perception check to see if there's anything in its way. Yes. Okay, and that is a 13. Does it perceive? It just is able to perceive the spiky thorns. Okay, out of the and how there. much damage does that do if it goes through um, it? Sh it will do, I believe, 2d4 for every five, five feet. feet. Yeah. Yes. So you see it step forward one step, and then it goes <laughs> and stops, and then immediately hooks a left-hand turn. And so it is going to dash but it lost half of its action or half of its movement so it can only go what 45 feet 45 this time. Now, yeah. yeah so it goes 45 feet heading for the so 45 i think that was 30 yeah so it goes around the, the corner there very good and then rogar you get to go i'm going to uh pull up next to and behind heskin and hold an action for anything to arrive okay and if something gets within my reach i will attack it slash it good and then black gets to go, and it will go. Um, it it saw that something happened with gray, and that's gonna. That seems reasonable. Yeah, it's gonna tip it off, so it's gonna go um, thirty feet after gray went, but then it pulls out a longbow. Oh, of course it does. And um, Heskin, it's gonna go for you because uh, I'm special. Because you just slashed down its companion there. Um, first one is uh, the range is not good. And uh, it's going to uh, just be a 8 to hit. But the second one is a 23. Just a bit on the armor class there. Yes. And gets you for a good solid 8 points there. Nice. Okay. And then finally staff does something similar. It's going to move forward 30 feet. Pull out its bow and also uh, go after Heskin. Um, this time, kind of the opposite. The first one's a 20, the second one's a 12. The 20 hits. Yeah. And this time for seven points. Ouch. I feel like I'm being picked on. It's because I'm blue. Yes. It you kind of stand out. And the tidal wave, the water was blue yeah. too. So. Yes. It makes sense to me. I am feeling kind of salty. And I'm green. I kind of look like rot. Yes. It's not easy being green. Okay. And then Sora, you get to start all over again the top of the round. All right. I am this time going to do ensnaring strike. Okay. What? And your hit points are yeah. your temper up yeah. to four again. Oh, I forgot I didn't take this. any damage, so I'm yeah. all good. Did you... Oh, I don't... never mind. That one's gone. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do a He's second there. level ensnaring strike um, on... So... You mentioned that staff and black look particularly tough. Um, like they look well, they, they, they're wearing armor and they're carrying bows and swords. Okay. The gray and purple are just these kind of mongrelly um, creatures that. Okay. Just you know they're, they're like they're clad in rags and like I said they're they're 
features are distorted and they have these long uh, claw-like hands. And what about White? White, um, like I said, is carrying a staff and okay. is not in. He's in robes and not in uh, in armor. So. Okay. Um, well, I don't like that staff is that close to us. So I'm going to shoot uh, an arrow and use ensnaring strike on staff there. Very good. Oh. <laughs> Don't think a nine hits. No, it doesn't. Believe um, it or not. So the next time you hit a creature. Okay. So I could try again and have the second one. Yep. Do it. Okay. That's much better. Uh, 23. That would definitely hit. Okay. And so sweet. That is uh, nine points of damage just from the arrow. And then. Is your dex only a plus one? My dex is a plus three. You rolled an eight though, right? Or is that a six? Oh, you're right. I'm Are we sorry. back to the plus four thing again? I'm, I'm having, I'm, I'm struggling. <laughs> uh, yes. So sorry. That should have Wait, been. No, a, I, I just was. I just that should have been 11 points of damage. Not sorry. I not nine. Not no, no. no. Thank you for saying that. That's better for us. So thank you. Still. Um, <laughs> and it also takes uh, 10 points of damage from the thorns that jut out from the ensnaring strike. Um. Do, 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 and it must make a strength saving throw. Okay. Or what happens? And that's or a, it's restrained. And that's a four. Yes. So it is now restrained, and it can, at the start of each turn, it will take damage, and it can also use its action to make a strength check again to free itself from Very the good. vines. And what does restrained mean? It can do nothing. So restrained creature speed becomes zero, and it can't benefit from any bonuses to speed. Attack rolls against a creature have advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage, and the creature has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Just in case you guys would be interested. Okay. Very good. Well, that uh, kind of bound him up in so many little thorns that come up from the ground. And then Nadar, you got uh, pretty heavily hit. What are you going to do? I am going to... Summon my spirit totem in the spirit of the unicorn. You're going to summon a horse? So I'm going to summon a horse. Um, but this time it only <laughs> takes a bonus action and not 10 minutes. So for the unicorn, you and your allies gain advantage on any ability checks made to detect creatures in its aura. In addition, you ca if you cast a spell using a spell slot that restores hit points to any creature inside or outside the aura, each creature of your choice in the aura also regains hit points equal to your druid level. Ooh, wow. And then I'm going to use Cure Wounds at second level. On yourself? On myself. Um, so if anybody is hit, they gain seven hit points. Oh, uh, can we just like put an ethereal looking dice um, next to me? What's the, is it, it doesn't matter what the range is on it? Is there a range the, on it? The, the radius is 30 feet. Cool. I'm just make sure yeah, I was within so, range. So, so when you do a heal, everybody gets the uh, seven points? Yeah. Nice. That's a good um, unicorn. So now, do, do they do they feel that friendship is magic? Uh, yes. Okay. Better question: Does it have a tattoo on its butt? No, it has a. Uh, it's not. Well, it's not on its butt, but yes, it's in the shape of. Um, it's not rainbow run or anything like that. And, and is does glitter just kind of permeate the area now? Well, yeah. There's like a soft ethereal glow and like the the whole the whole shebang. He said shebang. Glitter dispersion is just a natural consequence of being a unicorn. Yep. <laughs> is that your whole turn? Um, so I gain 13 hit points plus the 7 from my unicorn. And if anybody is 
damage at all, they gain seven hit points. Uh, Very good. Do you want to move your character from here down behind the two tanks? It would just be 20 feet. You'd still be within your totem. I get the sense that it's probably a little bit safer further back because they're probably not going to go this direction. I was just thinking because the last person slung a bunch of firebolts at him, so maybe oh, I see what you're saying. Harder to see or make him less of an obvious target. Yeah, Yeah, but that and I feel like he'd still target me even if I moved. All right. Okay, Um, very good. Anything else, Nadar? I think that's good for me. Okay, and Kravash. So. Do you want to run through the spike growth and attack them? Uh, <laughs> I would do that if they were close. Um, who goes first after me? I'm okay. the very top of the round. I think I do. Okay, Huskin so goes next. So I like do a I I, I hum a, a a tune, and you get an eight sided die bardic inspiration. And that will you can roll that and add that to attack, damage, ability, saving, or add that to your AC as a reaction. And that's my bonus act- action. And as my action, I point at staff incapacitated and sling a, a string of insults at it, mocking it viciously. You're not just going to do a string of terrible food puns? Yes, yes. So it takes 2d4 psychic damage. I'm sorry, out of curiosity, with somebody who has an intelligence of five, exactly what do you say? You're a poopy poopy head. head. I'm about to say, I really want to hear this. Your feet smell worse than you. Does he get any save on that one? Um, Is he, he doesn't not get any save. Wait, no, wisdom save, sorry. Wisdom save. I figured, yeah, just since the cantrip, they almost always get a save. Yeah, so, and he has to get a 15 or higher. And he gets a 16. Mm. Oh, okay, so nothing. The, he doesn't the, the insults don't words. sting. <laughs> yeah, you, you say you smell like a dead beast, and it's like, I am a dead beast. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Way to go. <laughs> Your necromancer wears ar- army boots. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Instead of your mama wears army boots, he's... What does that even mean? Uh, How is that an insult? I don't know. It was just an insult. <laughs> Dude, I'm it's dumb. A, it's a real zinger in the uh, in the uh, break room at the uh, you know place that he used to work, though. Because yeah, so. no one wore, wore boots. Okay, um, anything else? No. Okay, so our Heskin. fighter is inspired. So, um, speaking of inspired fighters. Okay, so who's currently restrained by your shot? Uh, staff. Staff is. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm probably going to regret this. Um, I'm going to move up. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, come on. What could possibly go wrong? Well, let's find out. Now, I remember previously a while back with Creval. Back at that point, it was Gurval. Um, we uh, kind of decided that with lightning breath, it would be a straight line and all targets in that line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are yep. we still going yep. off of that? Yep, Great. Definitely. Then, I, then I'm going to do that straight down the line oh, on all four of these good. guys. Uh, and how far does it go? Thirty feet. Thirty feet. So they're, I think it's just within range. Yep, all of them are that, in range. That depends yeah. on how you do diagonals. Five, oh, ten. No, 15, I'm so sorry. Spike growth went away as soon as I did ensnaring strike. Ah, well, it, it did its job to begin with. Yeah. yeah. So four, uh, four DCs, uh, or four deck saves, DC fourteen. Okay. So staff, and they staff gets a. Gets a dexterity disadvantage, but he rolled a seven, so that's not going to do it. 
Um, however, uh, gray uses cover and gets a 22. Yep. Uh, black gets a 16. Uh, but white didn't see it coming and only gets a 10. Okay. So, uh, not great. So, the ones that did not save get 10, and the one that did get 5. Okay. So, black takes 10, or staff takes 10. It's looking a little bit ragged at this point in time. Which damage type is that? Lightning. Okay. And he looks ragged. Yeah, a little, a little ragged there. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. Then I shall axe and surge and make him a lot more ragged. And then white. Actually, question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to take the attack action. Does a breath weapon count as an attack action? It's an action to use. It's your an action to use a breath right. weapon. Yeah. In the in the uh, for, um, this is like the whole rules is written yeah. thing. Does that mean I can make a melee strike as a bonus action? Um. Yes, that would definitely work out. All right, for so that, let's, yeah. let's do that first. Then the bonus action to melee strike. Does restraint give advantage? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Natural nineteen. Okay, you hit him. And that will be. Oh, come on, die. Work with me. Six points of damage. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he's looking even more ragged now. That's for sure. Then I will axe and surge and keep whacking it or uh, keep slashing into him. Okay. And did you use your inspiration at all yet? No, I had advantage of me too. Okay. But you can, because he's College of Valor, you can use you it can to just, add to you damage roll it too. And add to yeah, your but roll. I had advantage. Oh, okay. But you can add it to your damage too. Yeah. Because of College of Valor. Yeah. To damage, yeah. to damage, to yeah. damage. Yeah, it's because a bar. It's the bard college of combat color. battle yeah. inspiration. Uh, okay, I think that Dima looked that one up. I don't think it no, no, no. no. It's, it's for sure. Attacks. We have a college of all it's our combat party inspiration. Too. Okay. That's what yeah. gives I'll you the AC mind, and damage. So uh, that'll be a nineteen. Definitely hits. Okay. Better. Uh, thirteen points of slashing damage. Okay, good. And you just cut him in two, and down he goes. Okay. Then uh, recedes into the pile of thorns. I think that's my turn then. Okay. Sweet. Very good. Well, that's good for me because now I can change where the ensnaring strike is. Yeah. Um, And so, Keskin, you know how you said you're going to rue moving forward like that? Actually, you're not. I get four more hit points. Because white now goes and you see the creature just kind of throw its arm forward and this little moat of fire just goes arcing into the air oh. and it lands right between um, Sora and Nadar and explodes. So I need a dexterity saving throw from everybody back there except Heskin who got the heck out of Dodge just in time. Oh goodness. And I can see this coming. I would say so. You'd, you'd watch that coming in there. Okay, great. That means I get advantage. I rolled double eights. It is an honor and a privilege to play next to you. So I got a 10. I'm okay, I think. Wait, it's <laughs> fire. I resist fire. Okay. Less worried. Yes, it is indeed fire. How many D6s do I have here? What is a silver? I got dragon? a non-natural 20. Huh? Silver, is that cold? Cold, yeah. Okay, so the, the DC is going to be 13. Oh, no, I ruled terrible. Oh, even it's if kind I of didn't amazing. anything. Okay, so I just after a terrible roll, um, everybody that failed the save takes twenty-eight, and those that did make the save take fourteen. Ooh. For the record, I rolled a four. Okay, and then you take the twenty-eight. I got a nineteen. I'm good. I saw that coming and dodged out of the way. I got a rock. I got hit, <laughs> but then it didn't burn me as bad. It was already half as much. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I have to roll for concentration. I need a 10. What is it? 10? Ten? 10 or half the damage you take, it's whichever is higher. Uh, whatever is higher. 
So Tails higher. Half of 28 is... 14. 14. 14. 28. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was 24. No, you said 28. 28. So Good point. I'm bad at math. you're you're not feeling like you're getting hit points anymore and you might be afraid (laughs) yeah they they last though they stick around the temporaries do yeah well yeah you won't but so but at the beginning of my next turn i no longer have temporary hit points. you will not recharge okay so like if you take damage oh so i I just took damage okay when the spell ends you guys lose any remaining temporary got it okay also, though, thanks for the reminder that I had four temporary hit points. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me how temporary hit points work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, real good. Um, so, yeah. Um, actually, what are, you, what are you at now, uh, once again, uh, there, Nadar? I am back down to 29. Okay, so chipping away at you. Okay, and next up is Gray. So, Gray runs forward um, I, on the far side oh, there of uh, the corpse of, of uh, staff. And tries to thwack you a couple of times with its claws there. And uh, once again, as it gets close, uh, you just smell the terrible stench of rotting bodies. It's just absolutely vile. And that's a 19 to hit you. That hits. Okay, and you must make for me a constitution saving throw. 15. Okay, so you feel this chilling touch that it makes, but you're able to throw it off. And you just take a couple of points of damage here. In this case, nine points of damage. Ouch. Yeah. And then next up is Rogar. Okay. I will move forward to be right behind Heskin. Mm-hmm. And over his shoulder, I will attack Gray multiple okay. times. And am I out of the uh, bad smell? You, you, it's, it's, it's stenchy, but it's not overwhelming like it is right where uh, Heskin is. Okay. I'd also like to rage to be angry at these people, and yell at them, and hit them very hard. Well, considering you just got burned and so forth, I'd say that'd be a good thing. And I will attack recklessly to gain advantage. Okay. So my first attack is a 24 to hit. Uh, it definitely hits. Rawr, you smell bad. Rawr. Indeed. And that is 15 points of damage. Okay, and that is enough to fell it. You just come up there and just, you know, leap in the air and thwack its head off and down it goes. All right. And then I will move one forward because that's all my movement left. Okay. So I'm just next to Heskin instead of cowering behind. Very good. And then uh, Black moves forward and it will go up to you there, Rogar, and it will attack you twice. It uh, drops its bow over its shoulder, pulls out its sword on the way in, and does fair to Midland here. So the uh, first one is a 14 to hit. Does that hit you? That does not. Okay. And the second one's a 20, though, so I believe that one will hit. Yeah. Okay. And, interesting, what does it want to do here? So I think, yeah, it's going to... As it slides its blade into your body, um, you must make a constitution saving throw. Okay. That's an 11. Okay. So you take four points of damage. Oh, what type? Um, It is slashing. Okay. So I take two points of damage. Okay. But your permanent hit points are reduced by the four points of damage it did to you. Two points of damage? Well, you take two points of damage, but since okay. it did four points of damage, you were just able to resist the other one. It, yeah, it, you, your permanent hit points are reduced by four. 
Okay. Okay, and then we are back to the top of the round. So Sora gets to go. All right. I am... Does white look like it's it's a mobile type? It seems to have only stayed in the one place. It seems so. quite mobile, okay. but it hasn't moved, that's for sure. All right. Uh, then I'm going to attempt an ensnaring strike on black there. Okay. The first level, however. Um, and that is a 23 to hit. Uh, that definitely hits. Okay. So it will take a D8 and a D6. Do, 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 do. Oop, that's really a bummer. Um, five points of piercing and two points of uh, damage just from the vines lashing out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and it is restrained now. So would I get advantage on my second shot against it? Um, yep, definitely. Cool. Oh, well, that's a good thing. And is your bow or are those arrows magical? Uh, they are not. Okay. Uh, it still I, it still seems to bite into it, but okay. yeah, it, uh, it, it kind of ignores some of the damage there. It seems like okay. Uh, so twenty five to hit. Yep. Uh, for another eleven points of damage. Okay, and once again, it's not hitting you. Hitting him as hard as you. He just kind of thunks into him, and he just looks over at you like what? <laughs> okay, very good, and Adar. Oh, and it. Oh. Sorry, it was supposed to make a strength save oh, to see if it was restrained. My bad. Uh, the strength save was a sixteen. Okay, so it actually is not restrained. Okay, so it wouldn't have had advantage on that one. No. But your first roll was the higher. The first roll was the higher one. Okay. Yes. Good. So, <laughs> so we, all the rest is good then. Very good. Anything else? Nope. Okay, Nadar. Black is adjacent to one of our people. Mm -hmm. Yep. You can Sad. get sneak attack. Oh. Okay. I think then I'm gonna cast conjure animals. Um, so I'm gonna ca uh, conjure two brown bears. Uh, one of them, eh, both of them are next to white. That's um, really cool. <laughs> is there a range on that? Sixty feet. Is that too far? Yeah, the, he's just. You uh, can totally move step to up be like within range. Squares, yeah. Hmm. Cool. Um, so I'm supposed to roll for initiative for them. So can they be on the same turn? Oh, give me your initiative rolls for them. No. So they got seven and nine. Okay. So we'll put in, uh, seven will be Yogi. And then nine will be Smokey. So which one's the bigger bear, I wonder? Cool. And then I'm just going to say Probably attack the D12. for yeah. their command. <laughs> okay. So um, they'll go on their turn. Can you say, like, attack our enemies, please? Like, something like that, not just... And would you please say that in bear right now? And they're friendly towards you and your oh, companions. Right now? So that's, like, yeah. part of it, right? Yeah. No, yeah, they're... they're um, yeah. Uh, friendly to you and your companions. Yeah. Okay, real good. And anything else? Um, That is my action. Okay. And Kravash, you get to go. Hmm. First thing I'm going to do is cure wounds on myself, and I'll get plus seven from that unicorn, right? And also everyone else gets um, to heal within range of that. Now, does the unicorn stick around even after the fireball? Yes, it's not a it's not a concentration, okay. I don't think. So that is going to be... Yes, it's uh, for one minute or until I'm incapacitated. Um, so it's only if I cast a spell that restores hit points. Oh, Oh. All right. Well, I'm going to cast this on myself as a second level. 
So five plus, oh wait, seven plus four, I get 11 back. And I am going to do, 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 sing the hymn of inspiration on you, Rogar. So you get a D8 to do many things. I am going to move. I'm starting to rush them. Okay, very good. Anything else? That's it. Okay. And then Heskin, what are you going to do? Um, Heskin is going to look at Rogar and go, you have this one? Sure. And he's going to move one, two, three, four, five, six. Mm-hmm. And attack the artillery. Okay. So I will try a trip attack on this guy, too. Probably not with an 11. Or you can roll your inspiration. Oh, inspiration. So, so thank I you. I thought I got inspiration. We they both have it. You both oh, have it. Oh, interesting. Uh, 14 total. And a 14 does hit him. Okay, so oh, straight. Excuse me, no, it does not hit him. I was looking at the wrong thing. Oh, darn. Way to make me just cry. <laughs> so try, uh, thankfully only, it's only says on successful hit, so don't lose the superiority. But that's a natural 19. So now I will try that. That will hit. So trip attack, strength saving throw. And the strength saving Come throw on. is a 14. Uh, fails, so you're going to take 11 points of damage. Okay. And you are prone. And then the bonus action attack comes Actually, down. Actually, uh, before you do that, um, he hits the ground and he just points his finger at you as he looks at you and says, that wasn't nice. And you feel the snow around your feet erupt in flames. The snow is melted, though. It is now. <laughs> snow lights on fire. I feel like he just doesn't understand me as a dragonborn. Otherwise, you know, that was plenty nice. It's a shine of respect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, so I need a dexterity saving throw. Some 17. Okay, so you're able to leap aside, but you That's still true. take... Where are my D10s? Well, not too much. You take, take four points of fire damage as you leap aside. Is that halved? Yeah. Still feel like he's misunderstanding the tradition here. Yeah. All right, then the bonus action attack. Natural 19 again. So we'll stick with that. So that'll be a D6 plus 6. A uh, total of eight more points of pierce, slashing damage. Okay, and you just basically cleave his head clean off on the ground there. Nice. And down Aww, he goes. the bears didn't get to go. Oh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. There's still a guy up. <laughs> just one, though. Okay. And then that was really good timing because White would have gone next. And then Rogar. All right. I will attack black mm -hmm. and I'll recklessly attack for the first one that is in a 21 to hit yep and that is 15 points of damage you can add uh, inspiration okay. dice for damage I can. if you want I will do that 16 points of damage <laughs> wow. you know you guys just don't take inspiration very well hey I did great with my inspiration thank you very much it just didn't hit and anyways then, <laughs> you know, we're going to talk afterwards then my second attack is a, an 18. That hits. Four, 14 points of damage. Okay, and you just whack him in two, and uh, down he goes. Well, the bears really didn't get to yeah, go. Yes, so and the bears didn't get a chance to do anything, so they immediately start going through your picnic baskets looking for food. I knew that joke was coming. Yes. 
Okay. And, and they're going to go and stomp around underneath uh, they go over to Heskin's Sora feet. Ms. Ranger, sir. <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the, the bears uh, go through all your pockets looking for rations, and that's where we're going to stop today. Yeah, one of those bears is going and putting out the fire that White lit on yeah. Heskin. <laughs> forget to stick around after the notes to see a message from one of our friends okay well um things are always rough in the mountains but nothing like this so now apparently there's a white well there is the white dragon the very famous white dragon that the dragonborn know oh too well but now it's commanding apparently a squad of undead what's with that that's kind of scary anyway so our heroes now have a new task on their hands they've survived the undead ambush but now they need to go and find out why the white dragon is commanding them can they do it we'll have to wait for the next episode to find out until then let us know what you think subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts email us at relic of the past podcast at gmail.com follow us at relic of the past on twitter and relic of the past podcast on facebook Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. <laughs>